Hi, Journeys with Jazz listeners. It's your host again, Jazz Pearl. And welcome back to another brand new episode of Journeys with Jazz. Today's episode is number 13, and it is with special guest, Feta Shelbourne. And her Instagram handle is at FetaComplete underscore. So today, her and I, we get to talk about a lot of topics that are extremely important to the both of us. And we first talk about the challenges of social media. Secondly, we talk about the ethics of dance, which is, wow, that one, we unpacked a lot in that one. So we're super excited for you guys to listen in on that one. And then lastly, we talk about diversity and representation in dance and in life. So we cannot wait for you guys to listen in into our in-depth conversations, and I hope you guys enjoy. So happy listening. And as a friendly reminder, please go ahead and subscribe to my podcast. I'm on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple. Also, if you guys who are listening could leave a review and rate the podcast as well. I would really appreciate the feedback and the love. So I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for the support. And here is episode number 13. Enjoy. Hello, Feta. Hi, Jess. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm great. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much for being a guest on my with Jazz. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super excited too because, well, first, let's let's do an introduction. You can get a feel of your vibe. Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh, my name is Feda. I am Milwaukee born and raised. Um, I am uh, a licensed psychologist. I work mostly with kids. I work for MPS. I work for the county. Um, but I'm also a, a dancer. I don't consider myself a professional. You know, I kind of started as a form of self-care and, you know, just something to kind of balance out all the work that I do. But um, but I love being a part of, you know, our dance community. And there's a lot, all of the different, like, really awesome communities we have here in Milwaukee, whether it's dance or the arts or, you know, cultural events, festivities, uh, advocacy for the community. I'm just really big on community and bringing people together and healing together growing together all that good stuff yes thank you for sharing that I could tell like through your voice that you're just so passionate and I love that oh thank you (laughs) of course and then also for the listeners that are listening do you want to share about how you and I met if you remember oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) I think uh yeah I'm pretty sure it was a dance class and I think it was yeah I think it was a heels class that you taught I don't know if it probably like three years ago now. oh boy way back a, a, <laughs> yeah um I think it was body party by Ciara I think oh period you remember the song yeah yeah but yeah I that's I think that's the first time you met I'm I probably had seen you like you know taking class or in other classes but um, but I think that's the first time we like actually met yes I remember that class actually yeah I remember no I remember you in it and then I think we definitely like transitioned like you said into like other classes and we just started to like familiar familiar familiarize (laughs) ourselves to each other because we had seen each other in like various classes right awesome right yes all right so diving right into this topic that I know that you and I 
We're recently actually kind of conversating about through DM, Mm -hmm. which by the way, I love when you engage with me on DM. Like you're definitely like (laughs) one of the ones who like consistently like will talk about whatever I'm posting. And like, I love that because it just feels like I, my content is like being seen and like people want to like get into it more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, sometimes I take a break, you know, or like I'm not on, you know, for maybe a week or so, but I do enjoy like when I am back on, like you always have something, you know, meaningful to say, or even, you know, whatever it is that you're posting about, it's something, you know, positive or heartfelt, or even if it's, you know, it doesn't have to be positive, but it like has a meaning or something that's engaging or gets you thinking about something that's important in life. So I appreciate that. Yes, I love that you brought up the point about the thinking aspect. I think that's what I really love when I see other people's content too. like even yours, just because it's like, I want something that's going to like challenge my brain instead of just something that I'm just like mindlessly scrolling through. Right. And like the topic that I know we want to touch on today is about the challenges of social media. Yeah. So do you want to like take it away and kind of explain your perspective or the challenges you face through it yeah yeah I don't know it's like it's such a double-edged sword sometimes because I feel like especially with the pandemic and quarantine like social media was a really cool way you know for people to stay connected or like you know have a way of like feeling like they were involved in each other's lives because before the pandemic I you know, I had like deleted my Facebook and like, I wasn't really, you know, big on social media. And then, but I, I don't know, like, there's so many things that I feel like sometimes are, contribute more to the detriment of not even just as individuals, but as society, right? So it's like trying mm-hmm. to find that balance because especially even on working with like kids or, and then I can see it, the seed being planted in them because there's there's this comparison culture. There's this toxic positivity. There's this, if mm-hmm. it isn't on the gram, it didn't happen, you, you know? Yeah, so, oh, totally. So I can definitely see, you know, some of the, the positives of it, but I, I'm worried that, you know, as a society, we're trending towards the more detrimental elements of social media and not really working to rectify that or, or you know, tame it in a way. Um, and that's what kind of concerns me, you know? Yeah, no, I totally understand. There's a lot of gray areas with social media and there's not really like a standard like handbook or anything. Like it really is a free for all the good and the bad. And I specifically like that you brought up kind of more of the, like more of the downfall of social media, because I think before there was an era of time where we like praised it so much. And like the idea of like perfection and the idea of like all these people were going to cool, like travel spots. Like remember when Instagram was like super like that aesthetic. Yeah. 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 And it was like, cool for like a little bit like I was just like admiring it and like appreciating it but like you said like it plants a seed in your head over time where you're like okay when is my life going to be like that and you start comparing like it's definitely a snowball effect and I think for me recently so the beginning of 2022 
I like deemed myself or like I gave myself this goal of like, okay, I want to be this content creator. I want to be this influencer because content creating that name wasn't really a terminology. I feel like Mm -hmm. um, until like more recently. So I really wanted to dive into that because I really wanted to like express like my artistic side and like I knew how to edit and I knew like what colors and fonts look good to make graphics like I'm a very visionary person Mm -hmm. and I really like that side of it and then the influencing side I felt like before 2022 like I had really built up my name and my own personal brand and then and in the very beginning I didn't know that I was going that way if that makes sense like I didn't realize I was associating myself with like dance and lavender like I didn't really know that until people brought it up to my attention Mm -hmm. they were like oh Jazz Pearl like yeah she teaches and she dances and she travels and the color lavender and then I was like oh wow like this is really sticking with people and I think it was just because I was so consistent and I had my hashtag like hashtag Jazz Journey and I would like share like more in-depth captions of like what I was posting Mm -hmm. because I really wanted to find like you said more meaning behind myself like I just didn't want to be very like surface level and this and that so that was my idea or like I guess my goal in the beginning of the year but now I'm thinking about it so completely different now and it's actually really funny because I haven't really spoke upon this out loud yet but I guess people will hear it first on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) um basically I've been very distant kind of like what you said about like you would maybe take a week off from social media and like cleanse and Mm -hmm. detoxify and I love that too and I think I was really doing that this summer because I found myself looking at all these influencers and being like, okay, like, you know, it's easy to just like document and share your life. And I do an aspect of doing that because you do create memories that way. And it's like a cool time capsule to see, you know, later in life. Mm -hmm. But then I guess the downfall that I saw was that like, okay, me showing like, I don't know what I ate for dinner. Like, is that really purposeful? Like in someone's life, like maybe it could be a little inspiring, but I just felt like my stuff that I was producing or creating almost felt like meaningless to me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like I really kind of just lost touch of like, what am I really showing to people? And like, what does this mean? And like, even I have my YouTube channel that I started this year because I really wanted to get, like I said, into content creating and influencing and you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And I had posted my part one of the Vegas trip and -hmm. like I have not had the urge to like post the part two because I'm just like in my head about like, okay, people like, okay, this is where let me collect my thoughts. The thing is for me, I think for the longest time with my dance career, I really was the center of entertainment. I am here to entertain the audience, whoever's watching, right? Yeah. So as I kind of got more thinking, I was like, I don't want to just be a somebody that somebody just sees me dancing and that's it. Like, Mm -hmm. to me, that doesn't really provide much 
meaning to me anymore. Like I think I used to, and this was like before I would really be into like my dance journey and this and that, but currently where I am, dance really isn't the center of my life right now. And that's okay. And I've like mm-hmm. accepted that. So I guess like what I'm trying to wrap up is that everything that I had been wanting or like, it's just not, it's not giving me fulfillment. Yeah. I just feel like it's almost, I don't want to say empty to people because I think people do enjoy, like, I think people did enjoy the part one Vegas. Like, I think it's just fun to like, see like, oh, like what did Brandon and Jazz do out there? Like, did they recommend anything? Like, I think there is a cool aspect, but for me, it's almost like, I think I really admire privacy now. And I'm just like, okay, I kind of almost like having that trip to just like me and Brandon to ourselves. Yeah. I don't know. You said it's a double-edged sword and it really is because I can even hear myself literally going back and forth of like the good and the bad. And it's so like, it's very overwhelming. Yeah. I, I definitely can, can understand that because, you know, especially what you, what you said about being a center of entertainment and like life is so much more than that. And you have Mm -hmm. such a interesting perspective and so much wisdom and so much to like say and be shared that, you know, yes. sometimes you can like pigeonhole ourselves and say, oh, she's the entertainment girl. Why? I don't want to hear about, <laughs> you know, anything more meaningful or, or something mm-hmm. deep or a rich conversation. And I I can definitely relate to that being <clears throat> something that I've always feared, maybe not even just on social media, but in life, like I, I don't ever want to, you know, be put into a box of, oh, this is just the one thing that I do, right? Exactly. Um, yes. But I love, you know, and and I think that's a question too, like going back to that double-edged sword is like, like, sure, I might enjoy, you know, the the deep content, you know, the, the reflective content. And then mm-hmm. I love, you know, seeing you and Brandon and like, oh, it's great to see like a, you know, positive, healthy relationship for once. But then yeah. it's like, how many, but then it's like, how, how do you quantify or, or try and evaluate okay how many people are looking for this how many people want to see that and then for you I imagine it's really stressful because then you're trying to like please everyone and you know what you're what you're creating might not feel as organic or meaningful like you said Mm -hmm. or fulfilling because it's like you're trying to anticipate this media need this audience um and yeah, that, that sounds like a lot of stress, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess I've really just come into terms lately that I just kind of almost want to be like quieter on social media and that I don't want to, like you said, portray myself. People hold on to who I was. And I was just talking to Brandon about like growing and changing and there's some people out there that hold on to this jazz pal that they once knew. And I feel mm-hmm. like where I am in my life right now, it's just, that's not who I am. Okay. Because I really appreciated that time of when I was like, I hate to say the word self-centered. And I think that's why I'm so iffy about the whole influencer thing, because it is really self-centered around you. Mm-hmm. And where I am today, like, I just find more, like you said, meaningful, meaning, like, I'm trying to think, more 
deeper like love for things in terms mm-hmm. of like I really am focusing more on like Brandon and his daughter like us as like a and like Brandon has a really big family that like we see a lot and mm-hmm. I guess I'm focusing on things that I used to not have right and I think that's these things are starting to become really important to me and also it's like I'm growing older as well and you have to think about longevity you have to think about health as wealth and it's just like dance right now that for me like by myself like I don't definitely have fallen off of training and I think it's just because I've in so much money in my training but then it's like where's the return and that's like a whole other I know conversation we want to talk about, (laughs) um, which we will talk about soon, but in terms of, like I said, like social media and just finding a bigger purpose, this is why, and I've said this, I think in my trailer episode maybe, but, or in my magazine article that I had is that currently the works of becoming a small business owner. And I obviously don't want to like share too much of what it is, but Mm -hmm that it's not like Like, it's really for the people and I think my heart is that's where it's at right now like I am more focusing on purpose than potential because I hear it all the time like Jazz you have potential to be this great dancer this great choreographer and or create a dance I'm like no I understand I am capable of those things my purpose like that's I don't want to just right. do things just because like you said people want me to it's really 110% in and or into that project so this small business I'm creating I definitely feel way more connected and I love that it's going to be more than just dancers because I think for the longest time my audience was just dancers and I want to really break out of that because like you said we have so many layers to ourselves and why am I it's not why am I being placed as a dancer because that's who I was showcasing myself as. You know, like at one point in time, right. I just really wanted people to know that. And I think I did that. But now it's like, okay, Jazz, mm-hmm. you're entering a new chapter. And here I am. And it's like, I'm embracing it. And if you want to follow me, you do. If you don't, you do. And that's that. Yeah. I, I think it's an important point that you brought up of people wanting and expecting you to be the same version of yourself from years ago or months ago or, you know, even last week. And I think social media really contributes to that unreasonable and unhealthy expectation because, you know, we're all changing, hopefully growing (laughs) and evolving. And, you know, we should want that for each other and support that in each other. And, yeah, it's, it's discouraging to see, you know, when you know, maybe that you were at a certain point in life, or I know, you know, I was at a certain point in life, and I'm posting this and that on Instagram, and everyone's like, oh, I love this, blah, blah, blah. Um, But then when things change, and you know, that's no longer who you were, what you were a part of, and then all of a sudden, people no longer, you know, want to engage you, or even, you know, even if it wasn't something related to a post, maybe you were just having a, a conversation about your day, right? But it's like, all of a sudden, that changes, because you're no longer, representing this ideal this image that they had of you you know in their heads and it's like Mm -hmm. that's that's not humanity right like that's that's not how we should 
interact or our our connection as humans shouldn't be based on in an image right or exactly. an association and i i think that's really something that i struggle with with social media is is not wanting to be held to this this image that people want to see yeah, as opposed to what yeah 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 i'm glad you understand where i'm coming from and i think i like talked a lot about it just because it's really been heavy because when you're going through a big transition, it's it's only not hard on yourself, but like you said, it's hard for others to like go on board with it. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think it's it's just really interesting. And at the end of the day, you just have to do what's best for you. And like, I know that like if I'm not getting the views or the likes on something I'm just like I'm so like over it now like I think before I was very heavy on like analytics and I need to grow and I want to work with brands and this and that and I'm just like the downfall is like you know some people who are influencers they represent brands that they don't even like get you know and it's like I don't want to be like that like if I was to work with the brand it would be because it would be because I've had their brand like way before I was anything or like I actually took the time to try it and I think that's the difference is finding that like genuine person because I do believe there are good influencer influencers out there yeah um but you like you said you just have to be careful and you have to see what is what's the word um, I guess who's real in a sense right authentic yeah authentic yeah. thank Consistent. you yeah <laughs> yes is there anything else you want to add on that? Or do you think we covered a lot on that topic? Yeah, I feel like we did. I mean, yeah, we yeah. dived in like deep quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So we can move on into another topic that we both are very passionate about. And <laughs> it's the ethics of dance, which, oh my goodness. Just like social media, there's no standard handbook. There's mm-hmm. a lot of gray areas. There's a lot of unprofessionalism. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of things that are behind closed doors that a lot of new dancers can be oblivious to, naive mm-hmm. to. And that's okay because I was there before. But you always have an intuition. And I feel like I follow my intuition very early on mm-hmm. in my dance career. So I could get a feel for like who was really there for the community versus like who really was the for themselves. And I mean, it's each their own, like you said, or like I said, it's really about your gut feeling on someone's Mm -hmm. intention. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I, I know I'm, you know, I'm relatively new to the dance community and, you know, I'm mostly more familiar with, you know, professional corporate environments. And so in those environments, there is a clear, more of a clear separation between, you know, business and friendship. And I've uh-huh. noticed, you know, that in the dance world, that line doesn't seem to exist as as clearly and and so for me that was something that I I I feel like perhaps I know you mentioned like that naivete I I think that was something 
that I suffered from because I hadn't really been in that position of like, oh, like, because, yeah, I, I appreciate boundaries and, you know, I've worked hard to keep boundaries. And but sometimes, you know, those boundaries are crossed and not in a negative way, but you like grow closer to people and you develop friendships with people. And so maybe you stop paying attention to things that you would have noticed otherwise if, you know, there was still that clear you know, boundary of, of a professional you know, relationship or uh, even like in yoga, we, we had really strong boundaries on the student teacher relationship. Right. But I feel like in, in dance, because it is such a communal, you know, activity and, and it, it's, it's something that, you know, brings so much joy and brings people together that unfortunately I think some people capitalize off of that. And so because it's, it's kind of easy to get distracted when you're having fun, having a good time, and <laughs> everyone's smiling and dancing, and you think everything is great, but I, yeah, it's just, there's, there's a lot that goes on that just people don't know, and that, it, and it's just, I don't even know how to describe it, like, it's, it's I think just, it's like, <laughs> It's like conversations like after class that really speaks volumes and is very different from what was inside the class is kind of what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, that too. Or or, yeah, what is presented, you know, in the class is, is different from... Yeah, what's actually happening, how things are being run, how the community is being supported. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, is it about the community? Is it about dance? Is it about a singular personal agenda? Is it about lining pockets? Like, what is it truly about? And I feel like those intentions are a lot harder to identify yeah identify when you're just kind of friends or you're having fun or or you forget that that's even a possibility right and I think a lot of people they don't even think they're like oh it's just a dance class what could be what could possibly (laughs) be going wrong (laughs) like so innocent about it exactly yeah (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with that I think I think there's something very humbling about that Mm-hmm. when you are in that position and you really are just there for a dance class and you're not in any drama or you're not really trying to like figure out the tea on like right. the teachers or like the students like I think there's something like heartwarming about those types of students because mm-hmm. their intentions are strictly just like I just want to enjoy my time for this hour or so and then leave right um, but like you said for others I think we have a more like in-depth attachment mm-hmm. to what goes on outside of that class. And I think you said, like you said, like it goes from, it goes like beyond I'm trying to think. Hmm. It goes beyond what you can imagine. Right. Like you said, like sometimes you get caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you don't know who to believe, what to believe. It's a lot of he said, she said. And like you Mm -hmm. said, there's no fine line of things. And I think a lot of the times, too, when you said it comes to intentions, like it really does because some people are like crying out loud that like they're this hero 
and like they're this great person but then on the other side like they're always complaining or they're always victimizing themselves and like not really making any solutions and it's like what good is that like it's it's really hard for me to wrap my head around different types of people in the community because I feel like I've witnessed and I've talked to so many different types of just people in general and I'm not even talking about like oh this person's actually a dancer this person's actually a studio studio owner it's like these people are who they are as people is one thing and you start to really see through that mm-hmm. as time goes on and you start them. And like you said it's like there is no professionalism when it comes from teacher student or studio owner student studio owner teacher like mm-hmm. there is no clear boundary mm-hmm. because like you said there's moments where we all just feel like oh we're all family we're all friends like right. everything's okay and it's like really not <laughs> okay <Yeah. laughs> and sometimes I think it's hard for people to vocalize because one I don't heard or seen and it, two sometimes you feel like you can't say anything because the person that maybe is creating the issue or who is they only see it their way and they're not willing to adjust their mindset right right it's yeah different types of level of uh, what's the word communication or I don't know, different listening styles, different how people react. Like, you know, what's that? Um, yeah, reactivity or... or I think so, like, oh res- my gosh. It's like a quote or something where people are like, don't respond just to respond. Like, respond to... To communicate or... Yeah. yeah. Ugh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I can't think of it either. Oh my god. Like... But I get what you're trying to say. Some people react... Yeah react on impulse Mm -hmm. I think is what I'm saying is like sometimes when you're talking to someone they can feel attacked right away right right and their response to you is just a reaction like a very quick reaction but they're not actually assessing themselves and thinking through it before they respond right you know so I guess that's And I don't know what this is called. I don't know if it's just like different forms of communication or how different people go about different things. And I think that's what's tricky is because there's definitely different levels to people in terms of communicating. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has a different level of self-awareness. Everyone has a different conscience. You know, everyone, everyone has a different moral compass, honestly. (laughs) Yes. I I think, yes. Yeah, exactly. There we go. And I think, yeah, that, that all contributes to it, you know, not just in dance, but in life. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I think, like you said, we get into that mode of, oh, we're all friends. And yet just like in life, we have to remember that if we don't surround ourselves with people who share similar values or have a similar moral compass we're setting ourselves up for or we could be setting ourselves up for disappointment or or being involved in in an issue that we you know could have avoided and 
it's it sucks because we don't want to have to think about that i mean like you go to six flags you don't think oh gosh i need to make sure i align myself with the <laughs> everyone going on this roller coaster it's like no we're here to have fun we're here to to express ourselves and and share joy but it's just sad that it feels like we've, we've got to think about those things you know mm-hmm. and it, it feels like it shouldn't be necessary and yet unfortunately it's been shown that it is you know yep yeah i mean true colors show yeah definitely over time and it's up to you as like the individual like you said to be self-aware of those things mm-hmm. and that goes also for the other person in the picture too like the one who like i said is maybe creating the drama or creating this kind of like chaotic um experience for people right right like it's just really about being mindful and knowing who's really on your side and like just really learning about different people is really the bait or I think is really the foundation of how the dance community reflects itself it reflects itself based on that person and if that person doesn't have self-development skills or self-awareness then Mm -hmm. it kind of just is a really shitty situation for everyone and it's really hard to find solutions I think for me personally my solution has been I've been very distant Mm -hmm. I just don't really want to associate myself with the drama I feel like I've been in my own lane this whole entire time like I haven't been on any teams. I haven't made any teams. Like, right. I'm just really my own person. And I think for me personally, that works for me. I can have a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I can do my thing and then I can leave. And that's all I ever want as a dance teacher is providing someone with more kindness and more like you. Okay. It's hard to talk when somebody hasn't talked or when someone hasn't taken my class but you've taken my class so like I already know that you understand like I actually communicate with everyone yeah yeah while I'm in class and I think that's a big difference if you want to compare me to someone else in the community and I think that's really what makes me special and it's really not even like I think everyone knows I don't just do that to get attention like I literally do that because I'm this like human being that just wants to spread kindness and I want other people to feel like seen and heard in my classes because I always think about myself as a student and I've been in numerous classes from other people in the community where like you just don't feel valued in a classroom like Mm -hmm. why should I feel uncomfortable in this space like I I had this assumption that this space was non-judgmental and this was safe, but like I've been in situations where I don't feel like I belong. Right. And I think it's just really disheartening and I don't want anyone else to experience that. So that's why when I teach, like I really implement those things in my classes because I just don't want anyone feeling the way that I'm feeling. And I think, um, it all starts from the type of person you are. Like, it doesn't even matter if you can teach or not teach. Like, I really think it just is very dependent on who you are as a person. And you can't really, what's the word? It's not that you can't be taught to be a good person, but (laughs) you know what I 
mean, like you. Oh yeah. I don't want to say it's either you have it or you don't have it, but I mean, people learn and unlearn things the way that they want to, and it's up to them. And you vibe with people who are on the same frequency, and if you're not, then it's just not meant to be. Yeah, it's a choice. At the end of the day, it's it's a choice. Yeah, and I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like that is a good segue into your you mentioned earlier about investments you know and I when I think about you know as a as a student I consider you know myself a a student like all that I've invested into dance and thinking about what you said as how you teach right and how you make everyone feel included and welcome and like that's a huge part of investing into a class or taking a class because like it's you know it's our hard-earned money and so you know, having teachers like yourself who are just so real, right, and want to give a unique experience that's not just about a step or a pattern, you know, but encourages something on a on a on a different level, like another layer to make it more meaningful. Like I feel like that's when I really feel like I'm, you know, getting. I'm the getting most that out return. of it yeah yeah like that's a return for me because like you say in your classes like maybe I didn't get the whole piece right maybe I messed up but if I left and like I, I usually I leave your class and I'm like oh wow like I thought about something in my life or I thought about how this applies to how I handle pressure or my attitude or you know it's like that is like priceless because you know we can just go through our entire days and weeks and months just on autopilot but like a teacher who encourages you know that reflective kind of introspective depth or or, you know just that care is like rare and it's like that's what I feel like yeah that's a really great investment (laughs) that's like it's worth it to you know keep keep putting money into that keep putting time into those experiences as opposed to others that just feel empty, right? Or just right. problematic. Yeah. <laughs> or that too. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for the kind words, first off. Oh, of course. And second off, yeah, I think I just really take the teacher role very seriously. Unlike a lot. I don't want to say unlike a lot of people. <laughs> but I do want to say like, I like you said, it's pretty rare to find a teacher like me and I am really happy when there is other teachers in the class because they come up to me and they say like oh I love that you said this like can I implement this in my class and I'm like yes like this is how we can improve as a community you know like it's like it's literally not like any of what I say is secretive like anybody could say what I say but it's how you say it right you know like I think that's like a big difference in that. And then also too, with like the whole ethic of dance, this is kind of like a random topic, I guess that I wanted to speak upon. Um, But for me personally, the way that I'm trying to think this is because obviously Mm -hmm. I've taught at a lot of different studios and it's just like, I don't want to have to beg to teach. And I feel like that's been an issue Mm. for me personally, because a lot of studios lately are on this train where like they want to give opportunities to everyone. And, and I think that's great. I think there is 
what's the word? I think there's value in in some ways, but however, it's like I'm kind of over trying to get myself in a class slot when everything is like all the time, and I'm just like, okay, like I shouldn't have to feel that I'm like competing against other people. Yeah, just to get a slot, and I feel like that's been happening happening recently, and I think this is why I kind of want to like step back from teaching because I just don't think it's fair to me to have asked to teach, but then I don't get to teach once and then just randomly get to teach like every once in a while. And it's like, or other side of the story too, is like, I get asked to last minute. It's like, where's the respect? Like, of like, you can't ask in advance. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a whole other thing. And I think that's something that's been on my mind lately. And like, I've talked to like other teachers through like other um, conversations about a lot of studios lately have just been on this like free for all, like you said, like about there's no boundary, there's no rules. It's just kind of like, however they run it, they run it. And I just don't really yeah. want to follow that anymore. So, I don't want to, like, go ahead. I was going to, yeah, like, I, that's something that's bothered me ever since I became exposed to some of the things that have been going, going on. Yeah, it's like, 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 it's just, again, I come from a corporate professional world, and I, that's not perfect in any way, shape, or form, but it's like, my mind has just been blown by certain things. It's like, isn't that illegal? (laughs) Like, I, I just, in it as teacher as dance teachers like I don't my heart hurts because I I love so many of you guys and to know what so many of you have been going through but it's like there's no protections Mm -hmm. for you all as teachers there's no like you said boundaries there's no rules there's no like what you uh, no one would call me in to like provide I, you know, I mean, sure, like an no, emergency, but like, you know, call you in on last minute's notice or you have to fight to get a slot or you don't get paid over here, or paid over there. It's like, what, yeah. where is the regulation? You know, what? where there is the is oversight? None. Yeah, where is the... <laughs> There's no legal Where's paperwork. The... <laughs> we're not employees. We're not staff. Like, we're literally independent contract. A W-9, I believe with mm-hmm. people you know and yeah. it's like it's just very um not professional in a business point of view yeah and that causes so much stress on you, know, you guys as teachers because you know a lot of you are doing this to make a living or you know it's like you want to be able to focus on teaching and having a good time and you know, sharing and expressing and creating, but if you're worried about all of these other details that could, you know, reasonably be expected to be handled, yeah, I feel like that must take away from your experience, right? Or, like, because it sounds like it's made you want to step away. Yeah, that's where, yeah, that's how I feel right now, and for me, it's, like, it's just kind of an acceptance thing because... I don't want to be putting all my energy into something that's not fair. Yeah. And 
it's just very draining and it's like yes I love teaching and I love all the students but there's so much more back end things that are also just as important Mm -hmm. that I feel like a lot of dancers kind of either just accept it or they don't see a problem and that's each their own but like for me it's just it's I hate to say it's not worth it but for me like at this point in my life it's just not worth it right now and like you said earlier about how teachers feel it's like it's hard because you make those connections with a lot of different people a lot of different walks of life and I think there's something to be like glorified about that Mm -hmm. but then like you said when it comes to like legal stuff or payment or like contracts is there insurance like all these actually things that should be protecting us but don't it's just kind of like damn we are really all are on our own trying to figure it out and the people that are in charge don't know what they're doing yeah and you wonder why the turnover rate is so high Mm -hmm. or your business isn't growing because there's flaws in the business module that you have and I think I've, I've, like I said, I've met a lot of different studio owners throughout the Midwest, even like in Florida too. And it's like, I think the people who run these studios have great ideas. I believe that they have great ideas. Some of them may or may not have the best intentions, but however, at the end of the day, when you're an entrepreneur and when you're a business owner, some people just don't have that concept under their belt. Yeah. They don't have the knowledge. They don't have the wisdom. Like, it's just kind of sad because I know people want to do things their own way, but it's not always going to work out that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's like, I want to support you, but it's like also like get your shit together. Like, get it together. Like, I don't want to be subject to your, like, I don't want to say trial and errors, but kind of. I mean, talk about being professional and if we really want to have an employee to owner relationship it's like there is none yeah I've always been curious like is there maybe in like LA or New York like the bigger cities is there any like code of ethics for creatives or like regulations because I've seen like you post before on like what people should be expected to be paid for like rehearsals or blah 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 but like I've never seen like, oh, this is how you should run your studio, or this is the mm. amount of notice to give a teacher <laughs> to teach, or, you know, things like that. Yeah, that's a great point. Like I said earlier, yeah, there's not really a standard handbook when it comes to that. I think mm. each studio has its own, like I said, ways of doing things, and maybe yeah. some people have it on paper, and some people don't. Like, it just sucks because like you said, when you're the talent or when you're the person that's trying to help their place grow, it's like, but you're not, we're not really getting nurtured in the way that we should be in terms of like protections and ethics. Like you said, yeah. like, like you really think it's okay to like ask me like the week of, or like, you know, it's just kind of like their are expectations of that. We're just free all the time is like not right in my opinion and then like 
the expectations that people have about promoting the mm. classes it's like well that's not really written anywhere you're exp- like this is just it's not even vocalized sometimes mm-hmm. like you can't have an expectation expectation oh my gosh <laughs> and uh, that's kind of a cool word <laughs> um you can't expect anything from anybody if you don't have anything written down and it's signed i don't know it's like you can think a lot of things, you can say a lot of things, but it's not really until those things are brought to your awareness. And it shouldn't be brought up the day of you come in and teach and say that there's a problem. Right. Like, it just kills the vibe. And like, it's hard too because a lot of studios too, some of them have, I would say, staff members like consistent. But a lot of other ones don't, especially mm-hmm. in the newer studios. And it's like, well, there is no, there is no, like, days to communicate with one another about these issues. Like, I think a lot of the times, and I was just talking to someone through DM about, like, how to fix these problems. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people are feeling some type of way, and but nothing is being done. Exactly. And that kills me on the inside, but also personally, I don't want to be the one in charge of that. I don't really want to put my foot in that because to me, that's not my place. Like, I, I'm not an advocate, like, in terms of like professional, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, like, I support people's thoughts and feelings and opinions on certain things, but it's like, I personally don't feel like I need to step up to the plate to fix these things. Yeah. If that makes sense. I hope that doesn't come off like, oh, she's like a bitch or like. <laughs> no, yeah. you're just saying like, it, you. Like I, yeah, it's not. It's not my responsibility. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I, I am a part of it. Like, I am a part of the community, right? But when it comes to the drama and all these like unprofessional things that's where I draw the line because I've been through that bullshit before and I'm not trying to enter that again right because it doesn't it's not even just in this city it's in every other city like there's problems in every dance community in every city because I feel like a lot of people are victimizing certain cities and like oh my gosh this only happens to us and I'm like no Mm -hmm. why don't you actually branch out and go to these places and actually see other dancers actually see other studios and see for yourself because it's not just you right Like, everyone has these problems. And, like I said, it's just really hard figuring out solutions because, remember, like, a few years ago, there was, like, so many allegations about dance teachers and, like, young dancers. Yeah, yeah. That was just blowing up the whole social media. And it's, like, what were people doing? Like, people were either canceling people, calling out people. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, where's the solution? Because I've seen, like, two years later, everyone's in the same room again. Mm-hmm. like not bothered and it's just like it's just this cycle of like there's no consistency and it's really easy to just say everybody needs to do better but it's like what can actually people do to do better though right and that's something that I don't really want to figure out to be honest mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think that's just way beyond me as one person but I guess as a that's stronger. I think it's stronger in numbers, especially when it comes to topics like that, because it really shows that there's something that needs to be heard. Yeah. 
So I, I don't know. That was a big topic. <laughs> no, for sure. And yeah, I I'm all about solutions and problem solving and you know, that's probably the most frustrating part for me is seeing that there is there doesn't seem to be a solution in sight that we can work on as a community because there is so much just confusion and separatism and fear and just all of these different things that are like keeping like keeping us from working together and again I'm not really anybody you know on the scene but you know I'm I'm always someone that's willing to help and you know wants to see positive change and yeah it's just it's frustrating to see that there seems to be like a standstill right like there's there's no resolution or even if there was it's like everyone's on a different wavelength about how to move forward or you know maybe they're worried about other things which you know is definitely reasonable because you sometimes you don't know what people are capable of and I get that but it's like nothing changes if nothing changes and I I don't know I personally don't (laughs) know where to go I mean I just I support the people that I trust and you know who have shown that they can you know that they're deserving of of that trust and that who actually support the community but sometimes that doesn't feel like uh, enough but yeah yeah, that feels like all I can do sometimes is just be there for the people that you know that are are the good good folks (laughs) I guess birds of a feather at this point I'm like I I don't know yeah it's it's frustrating but yeah yeah that topic and that topic itself is a lot to unpack and it goes different ways it goes up it goes down it goes in between like literally that's just I'm happy that we talk about though like on this podcast like in today's episode because at least people can hear this Mm -hmm. and become a little bit more self-aware right because I think maybe that is just, like, the first step is just being self-aware. But then, like, the second step is, like, actually taking action. Like, how long are you just going to sit there and just complain right. about everything around you? Like, what right. is that going to do? That just makes everyone else just more hostile and everyone just more stressed about the drama. But it's, mm-hmm. like, if it's really bothering you, then take action. And I think for me, it it does bother me, but I think I've learned – to be able to my feelings and my thoughts around like this topic because it's on everyone's mind right but Mm -hmm. you can't let it destroy you that's why like I try to focus like I said on my boyfriend and his daughter and like family like there's so much more that goes beyond because you can get in that hole and sink very deep into that hole of toxicity in the dance community. Mm -hmm. And I think I've been there before. And I think that's why like hearing these things, it's like, this is not new to me. Like this has been happening. And now that I've experienced it before, it's like, now it's like, okay, it's just a new generation of people. The same problem, but new generation of people. Right. Which sucks. Yeah. (laughs) But repeating the same cycles. Yeah. But like you said, like you and I, I think we hold our own. And like you said, we, We do what we can, even if we're just one person. Like you said, like, I let people talk to me. Like, they feel 
that they're safe. Like their words are safe with me. And Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think just doing what we can just helps even one person or helps a little bit, I think is enough because it's way like the problems are way bigger than just one person. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Wow. What an insightful conversation. That really got me, like, going. <laughs> right, right. Those are the best conversations. <laughs> I know. And especially one, like, you and, like, other people that I talk to, like, understand. Yeah. Because it's, like, you can't really talk about these things to certain people who either don't want to understand, one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, to me, that's, like, the main factor is, like, people will not want to understand. And that's their own personal issue. Right. Exactly. And then let's do one last topic. Okay. We can talk about the. Uh, we I think we we wanted to talk about representation and diversity. Yeah. Right. Did you want to talk about that in like a life, like in life, or was this like dance, both? <laughs> um, yeah, either one. I mean, yeah, it's all connected. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's all connected. So, like, what are your concerns, or do you think it's improved? I feel like it's definitely, yeah, I feel like, let me back up. I would say, you know, I feel like in my career, what, I, what I'm what i seeing in my field, things have definitely started to improve, and I love seeing the different opportunities made available to people of different backgrounds from different socioeconomic statuses um and i yeah i I love that there's yeah there, there seems to be a lot more opportunity when it comes to i don't want to say structurally but like for example my graduate um school program was the first of its kind to allow um people to engage in a blended program for a high level psychology degree and after seeing the success of my program Alverno actually started doing it Um, Colorado started doing it so now there's a lot more uh, you know programs that um, support that Um, but I, I guess I was thinking too about how like you know, saying that it's all connected and seeing that in dance and I remember when I was a kid we couldn't afford dance lessons and now as I'm an adult and kind of seeing how you know the dance world is kind of set up or even just any arts you know it seems like it's harder for kids to get into that or it, it's not as maybe accessible to right. kids of certain backgrounds and I feel like that could be one of the reasons why there isn't the strong guest representation or like I don't even want to say like we're running out of dancers but like I'm doing the show (laughs) there's a show coming up and like I if I'm being honest I probably yeah, if if this were like a normal year, like maybe five years ago when there were tons of professional dancers in the area, I probably wouldn't be in it because yeah, <laughs> at that level. But it's like there's like so few dancers. It seems like you know I'm able to like be in it and like I appreciate the opportunity and I'm growing so much and I love it. But it also concerns me because it's like you know where are all the kids that dance? Where are all the you know young adults? You know what? 
kind of what's happening where's everybody going <laughs> especially here in milwaukee like is it like an accessibility issue is it an interest issue like you know and i guess i don't know if not as studio owners but as like directors like i'm so grateful to be a part of some really awesome teams that are so diverse and really make it um make learning accessible but then on the other hand you know there's the opposite of that and I've just been thinking about yeah what what maybe I could do in the school system to encourage that or like I don't know what you've seen in like different different states or what your perspective is as like a dance instructor or knowing a lot of dancers in the community Hmm. that's a great question well when you're bringing the idea, not the idea, but when you brought up the conversation about kids and young adults and you're like questioning, like, where are they? Yeah. I feel like some of them might just be at home. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, just like, dan- like, I don't think, like, I, to me, dance is universal. Right. And I think maybe some people you know, aren't at that, because it does take a lot of vulnerability. It takes a lot of self-building and confidence to, like, be a dancer, like, publicly. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, it might even be hard to even take that first step to, like, dance in a classroom setting. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's a part of those kids and young adults just, like, dancing at home or, like, Mm. watching tutorials, because, like, to me, that's pretty accessible is, like, the internet. Mm -hmm. even at a young age now and it's like maybe they're you know learning dances on like just dance like the video game you know like it all starts somewhere (laughs) like it doesn't have to be like a formal dance class like it could just be like you dancing in the shower like I don't know I think there's a big chunk of those people maybe Mm -hmm. that aren't really like out and about that we would want to see but like you never know it might develop over time and that could be like a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. um but in terms of, like, diversity, man, I feel like I see it in dance. Like, I see a lot of different races, different genders, different mm-hmm. ages when I go to, like, conventions and things. So I've never really seen that as a issue. And I also think a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, but a good majority of the studio owners are people of color right right I would say um there definitely is you know the Caucasian studio owners too but to me those owners are kind of like more of like the I don't want to say the classic studio owner but like yeah the original like oh it's just for kids and then competition kids and it only goes up to age 18 right um usually I, I feel like those are a different generation first off and um but I think now with dance really booming because of social media, I think a lot of people of color feel like they have an opportunity to shine in that way mm-hmm. as like entrepreneurs and stuff. And I think that's something really great and special because I don't really know the history in terms of like ethnicities of dance studio owners. Yeah. Um, that's something that I'd actually I would have to research and I'll DM you because I'm actually kind of curious, like, mm-hmm. what that percentage is like. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of my take on it currently, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And I've definitely seen it in, like, hip hop and um, 
African dance classes and um and I know yeah, yeah oh, I don't know ahead. if you've ever done like ballroom or Latin dance or anything like that. That's probably where I see the least diversity would be. Yes. I was yeah. just about to ask you a question <laughs> because I was going to ask you how you felt being well I guess the Latin community is people of color, but like, what do you identify as in terms of ethnicity? Oh, I identify as black African. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how do you feel being in that community where you kind of, that community is very niche down to just that ethnicity. Do you feel like they're accepting of you or do you feel like, they kind of want it to be like their own thing I don't know I've never no. been in that community <laughs> yeah. no I actually I feel I feel super accepted and good. I, and really honestly good. yeah it would seem like it's it's weird because you have the social dance community when it comes to Latin dance and then okay. you have the semi-professional performance community and I feel like that's where there's the disparity because the oh. the social dance community is predominantly you know latinx um identifying but the performance community like again i'm i'm on a really great team where it's like you know there's a a woman from israel there's a woman from uh south africa there's a woman from you know the philippines a woman from like it's super diverse and amazing but that's because the owners you are immigrants themselves and you know they really want to cultivate that and it's just really welcoming for people from all different countries and and backgrounds but then on other teams or other performance kind of opportunities I see like it's sort of like oh whoever can afford to be a part of this that's a big thing the person that can afford to be a part of it is usually like a suburban non-person of color who's got extra money to burn it's like right is, (laughs) is that really what should be representing because we're performing, we're going to Canada, we're going to Chicago, you know, we're, we're traveling, traveling and representing yeah. these dances that are based in African, Afro-Latin, you know, cultures. And so, yeah, I, that's something, because I mean, there's only like maybe four of us who identify as Black here in, in Milwaukee um, who dance. On your team? Lat- or no, who dance in Latin dance in the whole city state okay got it (laughs) but um but yeah we've always talked about like how to make it more accessible to you know people of color when it comes to the the representation on the performance end because that's what's being seen that's what's being recorded that's what's being put on social media is hey these are the teachers these are the performers and so it's kind of like weird when you know that the people actually dancing and social dancing you know at all the quinceaneras and parties and <laughs> you know dinners all over the country are are of, are of you know afro latin latinx people but then the teachers and the the performers are you know, caucasian or white presenting you know right so it's, it's, like, like, a, it's like there's a disconnect yeah exactly so Wow, that's interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that because I just learned a lot about that. And I wonder sometimes, like you said, it's the question of accessibility or if it's like... Or interest, yeah. Or interest, I was going to say. Or like just being afraid that they wouldn't be accepted because it is so heavily based on like one race. Yeah. Could be another concern, but 
it makes me happy like people like you and like the three other like black women it's like okay clearly there is like you can be a part of this group and like people do feel comfortable and like seen in the group Mm -hmm. so like I'm happy that you said like you have a really good experience and that like you're happy in that point of view yeah but I guess it's also thinking about like the legacy of it it's like okay is this gonna are we just gonna only be the four black women right like forever and then that's it like nobody else wants to like be under us you know like join it it's like you just don't know and that could definitely be the scary part but I think like you guys promoting it and like literally seeing you I think that does elevate the potential of like someone being interested you know right in my my eyes in my eyes for sure yeah yeah I would definitely hope so definitely that concludes this episode of journeys of jazz i wanted to give a special thank you to feta for being on this week's episode thank you so much for talking with me about all of these very important topics well thank you so much for having me it was a blast i appreciate it yes of course And if you know anybody who is listening right now, or I should say, if you're listening right now and you want to be on the next episode of Journeys of Jazz, go ahead and DM me on my Instagram at jazz.pearl and we can totally set that up. But for now, I will see you guys next week with another new episode. Bye, guys. Bye.